Welcome to Canadian Equities, a short bi-weekly podcast series where we speak with top business leaders and hear their perspectives on the industries in which they operate. For the full-length version, find our link in the podcast notes or connect with us at acumencapital.com. I'm your host, Robert Cooper. Today, I'm joined by Darcy Will, Vice President of GameHost, Inc., GH on the TSX. GameHost is the leading gaming and hospitality company operating in Alberta. GameHost operates in a heavily regulated gaming environment that is, in essence, an oligopoly leading to advantaged margins, especially for attentive operators. Today, we will discuss the economics of the gaming industry, the influence of Las Vegas on gaming, the history of GameHost, the hospitality industry in general, and the Alberta economy. Darcy Will, welcome to the program. Thanks, Robert. Darcy, tell our listeners the history of GameHost and how you ended up where you are. We started GameHost in 2003. We had some smaller gaming and hospitality operations prior to that. Um, it was a combination of uh, some of my gaming assets and my father's uh, hospitality assets, lodging assets that uh, we formed and put together and uh, jumped on the income trust bandwagon at the time. That's where it came from. Gaming in Canada is a bit unique. Run us through the regulatory environment in Canada and particularly in Alberta. Yeah, yeah gaming in Canada is different um, than it is in the United States. In Canada, it's uh, controlled by the criminal code, uh, which essentially says that it's illegal for an individual, individual corporation to be directly involved in gaming. So what happened under those laws is the government is involved in gaming and we kind of act as a service provider, but it's really, <clears throat> it, it doesn't act or smell much different than it does in the United States where they basically take gaming revenues and tax them. Up here, what happens is uh, the government in Alberta, for example, they own, they regulate the gaming, they own all of the slot machines. We act like a service provider to, you know, build a house to put those slots in. And we operate them for a fee or a percentage of the revenue. And uh, in the form of the tables, and this is unique to Canada, is the government in Alberta does not share in the table revenue. We operate our tables and we split a portion of the proceeds with registered nonprofit charities in the province of Alberta. So it originally started out as a way for the government to regulate and for the charities to make money long before we had slot machines here uh, in just the table games. It's kind of evolved where, you know, the government is really our business. They provide all the capital for the slots. We run them. So if you looked at a U.S. regional gaming operation and their EBITDA, I guess, at the end of the day, uh, you know, ours is as good or better than theirs. And uh, we don't have to put out the capital for the slot machines. So we we think it's a it's a unique situation, but it provides the same same kind of revenues. Walk our listeners through the economics of the various business units, and you touched on it a little bit there. But you've also got the hotel. So in Game Host, the tables, the slots, the restaurant, and the hotel. So in Game Host, you know we like uh, we like the slot business because it creates large revenues and has a low cost to operate in the form of labor and supplies. The table revenue is a little smaller. It obviously takes a lot more labor, but in the major center, like in Calgary, where we can drive higher numbers through high limit gaming, uh, it's a very profitable business as well. The, the rooming business is a great business. Again, if you can get your occupancies 
to a high enough level, you go by your fixed costs pretty rapidly. And again, another high margin business within our different businesses. The most difficult business is the food business. You know, it has a high labor component, a high cost of input component with food. And as a result of that, the only place uh, in the northern properties, we actually lease out the restaurants, find a great qualified operator to provide good food for us. And we just uh, concentrate on the gaming uh, revenue and of course the liquor revenue the liquor department we like uh, because it has a again a high profitability in it so the only food operation we run is in calgary and that's because we have a property that what's conventions and it shows and we just always we've never been able to wrap our head around if we could sub that out because everything's so tied together so we do operate there uh, but we have the opportunity to actually make a reasonable amount of money in food there when we're busy because we drive very high volumes. GameHost has advantage margins relative to a lot of industries, and you touched on that in that answer. And on average, I believe over the past 10 years, has produced about $20 million of free cash flow each year. If you had to distill your business down to a handful of KPIs or things that you closely manage to what would they be? And I guess more generally, what are the keys to running a really good gaming business in Alberta? The keys to uh, keeping profitability in our business is uh, focusing on short-term budgeting, not long-term budgeting. So we put a lot of effort into budgets that are a month and two months in advance because, you know, looking out a year in our business can be highly unpredictable. And by focusing on the near-term budgets, we can focus the costs we believe that we have to put out labor specifically to, you know, keep our margins where they're at. The other thing we do, and this is daily in all of our operations, is we know every day, uh, every morning when we come to work, we know yesterday's revenues, yesterday's labor costs, yesterday's input costs, so everything that's purchased in the hotel and a PO is put into that daily sheet. So we know what we're spending every day. So if we get up through the middle of the month and we say, oh my gosh, um, looks like business is waning. We need to cut now. We can't wait till the end of the month. So if it's the 15th and it looks like we're not going to meet our slot budget or our table budget, then we're back with management department managers saying, okay, we need to trim this back. We don't need this many staff. We don't need this, this much in the supply department. So we, we, we have a huge focus on managing our business on a daily basis. Darcy, changing topics a little bit here and moving to Las Vegas, how do trends in Las Vegas ultimately parlay into your business? We look at Vegas all the time. If you think about, um, people that gamble, so think about people in your own circle, let's say you got a hundred friends, 10 of them really like to go and gamble and 90% of them they'll go to a casino not necessarily for gambling so you know how are, how am I going to get them into my casino if they're not gamblers which is the bulk of society is not gamblers so Vegas has always been way out in front with that where it's uh, it's food it's beverage it's entertainment it's shows it's shopping it's all that stuff obviously the shopping doesn't really work on our locations but we were the first I was the first guy in Alberta in 1999 to put entertainment in the casino here. I, I had spent lots of time in Las Vegas. I liked the Rio Hotel. It was kind of the party hotel walk-in, you know, had a band going, had the card pit beside the 
band so you could hear and slot machines and everybody was having a good time. And I thought, oh, that, 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 that looks like fun. And that'll attract uh, what I call a social occasional gambler. So somebody is not attracted just by uh, gambling. So we started that as the years have evolved and we just finished spending um, between Deerfoot and Fort McMurray $10 million. And the bulk of that went towards better food offering, uh, better showrooms. So, yeah, we look at Vegas because they're, they're really good at figuring out how to attract all of these people. And we think the food and beverage year in, year out is more and more important. We've just spent a whole bunch of money trying to do that. And we're actually going to go into Grand Prairie and do some similar stuff with our food and beverage this spring. So Vegas is important because uh, they set the trends. What are your thoughts on the Alberta economy? I know we're not supposed to say it's different this time, but it feels like this isn't just a run-of-the-mill oil boom. So why do you like this market uh, for the long term? I think it's really interesting right now. I, I, I look through the Alberta Major Projects site all the time. I read lots of things. I talk to people in different industries. Uh, there's just a bunch of fascinating stuff happening in Alberta. I mean, obviously, the oil and gas bid is good right now. Um, but you know, as everybody's aware, we've got, uh, we've got all kinds of interesting projects. We've got bio, biofuel projects, which involves ag, ag is strong. We've got massive green projects here. The biggest solar farm in Canada, which is uh, the one in Vulcan, 454 megawatts, I think, which is only a hundred behind the biggest one in the United States. That's a wow thing. And I mean, there's windmill projects and we've got uh, a lot of pipeline projects happening right now, connecting stuff up in Alberta. We have LNG Canada. It's coming. I went through a big presentation on it with Shell a couple of years ago, but you know, when it's two trains, it's, it's, it's a massive amount of gas. It was about 25%, I think of the, what we were producing out of the basin distribution. It's a, is a, is a really big deal. I mean, Amazon's building 4 million square feet. And one of the other really, uh, interesting things that's been coming of late. It was in the post the other day. We had heard it already from some of the bigger home builders in Calgary is we've got affordable housing in Calgary and Alberta compared to most of the provinces, uh, maybe ex-Saskatchewan. Calgary in particular, you know, is, is, uh, is, is, is a pretty nice destination uh, for people to live. I mean, I think you saw it the other day. Uh, one of the big home builders told us they opened up a subdivision in South Calgary and within the first two weeks sold a hundred, uh, hundred uh, places to Ontario people from, from the triangle. So we've got affordable housing. Uh, we're getting some diversification for our commodities. We've got plant turnarounds like, uh, Genesee's getting flipped to gas. I think when Alberta major projects says according to the government right now, we got 70 billion dollars for the projects under construction. A lot of it's infrastructure, but that's okay. It's construction, it's jobs, it's stuff happening. They're building new hospitals and senior centers and overpasses and bio plants. And there's a lot of things going on here. And we're, you know, we're seeing the, we're seeing the tech come in and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's looking pretty good. And I think one of the keys to all of that is when I'm talking to people out there right now that are in construction, oil and gas construction, oil and gas servicing, they're short people. So 
I think that it's already starting to kick. I think you're seeing it in the numbers now, but we've had some good in-migration. I think that in-migration continues to build. And for me and my business, I need, I need more people. I need a growing population and uh, good employment. And, and that's what makes our business good. And you could track that back for like 15 years. But I think there's, uh, and the movie industry is another one. I mean, I think last year was close to a record year, and that's that's during COVID. So uh, the just prior to COVID, at Deerfoot, for example, we'd done uh, a great amount of business, rooming business, which translated to food and beverage business with uh, both Netflix and Amazon for their movies. And uh, so we're excited about this pandemic coming off. But th- there's there's a lot of green shoots here right now, I think, and, and they're not all just in one sector. Thanks for spending time with us on Canadian Equities. Okay, you're welcome, Robert. Have a great day. Note that this podcast is not making an investment recommendation on any companies discussed. We welcome your comments on today's episode or any other episode. Connect with us at acumencapital.com.